Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Conley gives it up to Clarkson. Wide open three from the right is perfect. Ingles bounces to Conley, far corner. Top to O'Neal. Chest it to Donovan. Catch and shoot three with Kawhi on him, and he hit it. Donovan works it, splits the double team, attacks inside, hands to Gobert, dunks! Beautiful catch by Rudy, came back inside for the dunk. Only right side three is good. The Jazz hit again from downtown, 116 to 99. The Jazz have, if this would have surpassed the most threes they've ever made in the game. There the highlights as the Jazz beat the Clippers in the last preseason game, 125-105. They shot 46% from beyond the arc as a team. Started slow, but ended up shooting 49.5% from the floor. Of course, there was preseason intensity mixed in PK, and that's an oxymoron right there. <laughs> oxymoron. Yes, huh? an oxymoron. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, man, if you're going to shoot like that, you're going to win a heck of a lot of ball games. I mean, this team has uh, the capability of shooting like that. Probably not consistently. I don't know that anybody does. But when and not if, but when, because they will do it. So I can't say if. When they do it, they're most likely going to win. I mean, their percentages of winning would go to about probably 80-90%. So two questions watching that unfold. Uh, How often can they do this? Because you're right. You know they're going to do it some of the time. And you know they're not going to do it all of the time. So how much are they going to do it? And the even bigger question, how often are they going to do it when things are going poorly and there's pressure? How often are they going to be able to, to change the flow within a game and get it going and win the game? Because if you can't do that, you're, you're setting yourself up. If you can do that, Now you're in the mix. We talk about being the three seed, being the two seed. How deep can you go in the playoffs? Can you win one series? Can you win two? Can you win more than that? All of that remaining to be seen because uh, there wasn't a lot of intensity there in the old third preseason game. The fourth quarter minutes were mostly for bench guys, deep bench guys. All right, Jazz are off now until Wednesday when they play the Portland Trailblazers in Oregon in the season opener. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. So the Rockets have expanded their trade discussions on star James Harden to beyond his preferred destinations of Brooklyn and Philadelphia, according to reports. The Sixers have reportedly been willing to include Ben Simmons in trade packages for Harden, but no deal is imminent. Man, if you're Ben Simmons, you're feeling good now, but welcome to the NBA. What can I tell you? Your name's out there swinging in the wind. Yeah. Ben Simmons? I mean, there's been like thousands of guys way better than him who've been traded. If that's a problem, if he has a problem with that, then go get a job someplace else where you don't have to worry about that. I mean, he's been paid enormous amounts of money. I don't think you have to tell him anything. Uh, it's not like Philadelphia's going anywhere. Uh, so I, I don't know that I would be interested in acquiring Ben Simmons if I'm the Rockets, but uh, I have to look at what is the situation? Obviously, you're going to lose him, whether it's now or in two years from now. So uh, there's no sense of urgency today to make the trade, and you can continue to go on. You have time is on your side from the Rockets' standpoint. 
So see what the offers are. Uh, it's an interesting deal. Do with time being on your side, do offers increase or as time goes on, do offers decrease in terms of returnable talent? There's a chance in the short run that offers will increase. That other teams will get motivated and there'll be a bit of an auction. Uh, but to your point, that only goes on for a little while. I, I think it could work in their favor up to the trade deadline. Uh, but as you get into the final year, certainly the offers are going to decrease. Yeah, so time is on their side for a while, and then it'll start working against them. And for Simmons, well, it's like the, the deal for Simmons. I mean, it is part of the deal. You sign the contract, you know this can happen. But this is going to be a weird deal where, A, he knows they're floating his name out there. B, he's supposed to be all in as the season starts. This could is going to go on for days. It could go on for weeks. It could go on for months. And he's just kind of, yeah, be all in, but uh, you're out of here <laughs> very soon. And then if Harden gets traded somewhere else, it's like, oh, you didn't really want me here, but here I am. All right, awesome. But you're right, he's getting a ton of money and he signed the contract, so it's part of the deal, but it is part of the deal that is, uh, that is weird and sucks. It's a lame duck, an NBA lame duck. Who's a lame duck? Ben Simmons. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all a lame duck. This, this is professional sports. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't understand that line of thinking. If that's going to bother you, then, then don't do it. I mean, you're, you're there for yourself. To, to make as much money as you possibly can. Uh, this is a business here, man. This is it's not junior high sports. I, I, don't, I don't understand that line of thinking. You still want to be wanted by your employer. I mean, you're right. It is a business, and they all know that. The first that. and 15th, you're wanted twice a month. <laughs> man, Jerry Sloan wants to come back and punch you in the face. What are you talking about? Not for the first time, not for the last time. <laughs> Jerry would like to get me in a ring. <laughs> NBA is investigating allegations that the Clippers and team consultant Jerry West involved in the team's recruitment of Kawhi Leonard in free agency and crossed the line, broke a rule. Johnny Wilkes, a man who claims to be close to Leonard and best friends with Kawhi's uncle Dennis Robertson, filed a lawsuit in L.A. County Superior Court against Jerry West and the Clippers, alleging the team consultant owes him $2.5 million because of an oral agreement made for helping the Clippers sign Leonard. The team denies the allegations. So... Do we have proof out there? Can they just deny, deny, deny? Did nothing happen? And this is a shakedown? Is some tape going to surface at some point? Where is this going? Well, if a tape surfaces, then it's not an oral agreement. Right? NBA's G League is pushing forward to play a season uh, this year despite the challenges of COVID-19. The league has motivation to play. They've got that new Ignite team that features top NBA draft picks that's entering its first year of play. The league-run team doesn't want that to flop. This is a place that uh, players can go and work on improving instead of going to college for that year until they finally change the uh, draft and let 18-year-olds get drafted again. Who's going to be on this team? Uh, There are a bunch of prospects that were named as they came out. Uh, Honestly, I have to look them up. I don't have them off the top of my head. And the coach's challenge is here to stay. The league's competition committee approved the challenge. Keeping the challenge is an option for coaches going forward. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. It seemed like that was a minimal interruption. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. 
Southern Utah beat Dixie State 85-78 last night, and now big schedule of action for the local teams tonight. The feature game, BYU on the road against 18th-ranked San Diego State. Cougars are 6-2. The Aztecs are off to a 5-0 start. They have played four of the five at home. They are undefeated. That game's 3 o'clock this afternoon on the CBS Sports Network. It's a good test for the Cougars right here, PK. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love the timing of it, too. Give me something to do starting at 3 o'clock. So it's an excellent test. BYU is at San Diego State while the Utes are at home facing Idaho. They're at the Huntsman Center tonight, 7 o'clock on the Pac-12 Networks. Idaho is 0-4. This not is not an excellent test. Not, not a test. Not much of a test here. <laughs> this is a glorified scrimmage, and the youth should win comfortably. Tune-up game, DJ. Tune-up game. Yes, good, good expression. Well, this is a tune-up game. I do think that for, for Utah, it's about us getting out on the floor as much as you can. So, yeah, Idaho obviously isn't going to show us anything. We're not concerned about that. But for the youths, from the youth's perspective, it's playing games. I mean, they've only played four of them and they need to get out on the floor as much as possible. And that, that, that's the big thing for Utah is just to get out on the floor. Utes are favored by 22 points in this game, so you should roll. Weber State is on the road tonight at Portland State. Uh, that game's at 8 o'clock tonight. That's a big sky game. Uh, yes, it is. Utah State has a big sky opponent on short notice. They are playing Northern Colorado. Scotty G will have the call pregame at 6.30 on the zone. Game tips off at 7 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Over to pass. Takes a shot. Has a man. Caught. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Chargers. Tyron Johnson. And the shotgun. Herbert holds. Hunter Henry dives to the end zone. Touchdown. Chargers. Herbert to Henry as he hauls it in for the score. Herbert under center. Snap, sneak, dives, waiting for the signal. Touchdown, Chargers! Chargers in overtime beat the Raiders, who have now lost four out of five that win they had over the Jets. That was the uh, one exception there. They are really uh, struggling here. The Raiders now down to 7-7, seven and seven, probably not going to the playoffs here. That's pretty much wrapped up. Raiders coach uh, John Gruden, the fashion faux pas, came out wearing the wrong cap, an Oakland Raiders cap. They got to switch to Las Vegas Raiders, and social media went nuts. And then hardcore fans went nuts when Derek Carr pulled up lame. So he had a groin injury there. He was sprinting for the corner of the end zone, and he knew there was a problem right away. Flinging the ball out of bounds, flipping the ball out of bounds, and hopping on one leg. Well, it's unfortunate for Derek Carr. Yeah, obviously it was a groin injury. Uh, as we were watching that, you could tell that immediately. But that's not what lost in the game because I thought Mariota came in and played well. And Gruden allowing Mariota to do what he does best, and that's run the football. You know, going back to his Oregon days, we saw that. And so I don't, I don't recall what he was doing as much as Tennessee now. It's kind of a blur. But uh, I thought he looked okay, especially running the ball. But Justin Herbert, man, just looks like he is going to be a big, big-time quarterback. The, the Chargers have just got to be just excited beyond belief about this kid. I mean, as a rookie to come in and look as good as he's done, and they don't have the great record, but even in a lot of defeats, he's looked good. And certainly last night in victory, he looked great. Flinging the ball all over the field and not just doing it from the pocket. Rolling out, buying time, and even Troy Aikman's talking about, man, when you're six six, you don't usually move that well. And he looks good. That one play when he got all the way to the sideline and then zipped it back to the numbers, he just he put so much heat on that ball. And that, that could be a dangerous throw, but 
completed it. Yeah, yeah, you know, you see that. When you're watching it on television, you can't see what's ahead, right? You can just see him running and then throwing the proverbial don't throw across your body. And you have to watch the flight of the ball, so you can't see what he sees. When you're in the booth, in the press box, you have a much better uh, opportunity to see the whole field, but not on television. And I'm wondering, man, what's he doing? But sure enough, he just drilled it. And I go back to that time where he came in as a freshman and beat the Utes. I happened to be standing right on that side of the field, right in that corner, when Darren Carrington, of all people, who ended up playing for Utah, caught that game-winning pass to where basically his heel was above the out-of-bounds line, and his other foot was down. It was by an inch or so, but that pass was just beautifully thrown, and he was just a freshman. It wasn't a good team. I think they had at the time, they only had three or four wins, and watching him develop has really been a lot of fun, and here he is at the NFL level and just kicking butt. Plus, we, we've had him on our show twice because he came down uh, for both uh, seasons when he was uh, after being a starter to uh, the Pac-12 media day, and that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, that throw he he threw to beat the Utes there, that was so perfect the way he dropped it in. And actually, just when you said that, it made me think think of the first touchdown pass Mariota threw to Waller. That was pretty good coverage and a perfectly thrown ball. If, if Mariota is going to be that precise, uh, he's going to be a starter in the NFL again. I mean, but that's, it's that's Mariota, clear. not Mariota. 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 Now the Bills and the Broncos take center stage. You ready? Saturday doubleheader. We got a lot of college football championship games, but the NFL thing in this game this weekend's usually wide open. Plug their games in here, so now we're going to have college and pro football Saturday. Bills and the Broncos at 2.30, Panthers and the Packers at 6.15. Both those games on the NFL Network only. Well, I got the NFL Network only, so I'm okay. The Bills looking good coming down the stretch. Picking up steam. Getting ready to mash people in the postseason. I would expect them to roll. Packers have their eye on the Saints. Packers need to beat the Panthers. Of course, they're favored to do that. And the Saints have the Chiefs at home. Second game of the CBS doubleheader. So, big game there for Taysom Hill. Well, that's a premier game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they've, they've cleared out. There's no other games on CBS. And so what, what time is that game on? That, that'll be the 225 game on uh, CBS. Sunday afternoon? Yeah. Yeah, the morning game is Cowboys-Niners. Yeah. Sunday night football is the Browns and the Giants. And that sounded terrible not that long ago, but now the Browns are actually 9-4 and four and looking pretty good. And the Giants is actually, they've got a pulse here. They're, they're trailing in the NFC East, but they've got a chance. And, you know, for so long it looked like the NFC East would have a team with a losing record winning it and going to the playoffs, but Washington's ripped off four straight wins, so we may end up with an 8-8 eight eight champ, and the Giants can get there if they win out. So Go Giants. Yeah, my see. childhood, except I didn't root for them in my childhood, but nevertheless. <laughs> Claim it now. The G-Men. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a really good player, and uh, he's not been able to to get uh, get on the field this year. And uh, he comes back, it'll make them a better offense, no doubt about it. Because he's he's a guy that can do a lot of things. He, he runs the ball effectively, catches the ball out of the backfield. He's a complete back. So if they have him available, that makes them that much more dangerous. That's Kyle Whittingham talking about Max Borgie for Washington State, eleven thirty Saturday morning. 
The Utes playing their last regular season game, and they are still 10.5-point favorites in this one. Uh, Wazoo, you know, their problem has been defense. They have given up a lot of points, a lot of yards, both rushing and passing. A couple games this year, they've only, they've only played three games, and against Oregon and Oregon State, they gave up 300 yards passing, and there was a 100-yard back for the other team, too. That's, that's the daily disastrous double there, the disastrous daily double, whatever it is. It's bad, PK. Very bad. Yeah. I mean, their season has been shattered. So I'd expect Utah to win. I think Washington State has already said even if they win, they're not going to bowl. I think they have. I know the Bruins came out yesterday. And so we got several teams. So that's where that that is headed as far as this is going to be it. And if those teams want to do that, I get it. I don't see where Washington State has a lot of incentive in this game. Uh, so I would expect the Utes to continue where they've been. They've won two in a row finish it off three in a row and then decide if they want a bowl. If they don't, so be it. If they do, great. I'll watch it. Ute pregame show starts at 10.30 tomorrow morning here on the Zone Sports Network. And then after the game, Kyle will talk to the players and see if they want to go bowling. He said earlier in the week it'll be up to them to, to make that call after the Washington State game, assuming they beat the Cougars. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Our postseason is is as bad as there is. And we have got to figure out a system that opens up opportunities. The season ends January 12th. I can already tell you, 2021, Ohio State's coming out of the Big Ten. Clemson's coming out of the ACC. Alabama's coming out of the SEC. In 2021, I can tell you 2023. Ohio State's coming out of the Big Ten. <laughs> Clemson's coming out of the ACC. Alabama's coming out. It's like, who's the fourth team? If that's where we are, is that is that right? Is that healthy for the sport? Uh, the obvious answer there would be no. That's really? Kirk Herbstreet talking about college football's postseason is bad. I don't think that's the worst part. It's not a good part, but the worst part is, okay, for the fourth bid, the field is tilted towards another handful of teams, mostly the SEC teams. And you can be undefeated or a one-loss team, but the, these two-loss teams are going to be in front of you because they're them and you're you. Okay, so that's just one game we're talking about because then the following game we're going to get to these very same teams that he's mentioning. Mm-hmm. So we're going to add one game and that's going to fix everything? I think that there have been enough problems in college football for a while that the phrase fix everything, <laughs> I would just settle for, can you do anything to make this better? Really, you think there have been enough problems? The sport has never been healthier. And there's enough problems? Yes. It's not good that you can write before a championship game or before a series of games in a title run. They're not getting in. When there's literally nothing you can do to get in, I think in the long run that'll sour people. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just, maybe the controversy will just drive it. But you wrote that and everybody was mad at you and you were right. And it turned out you were right. How long is the long run? I mean, it's been pretty long as it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't say it's going to be 2022 is going to be the year's a problem. But it, it, you're the king of saying you like to sit down and see competition. Yeah. And here's competition getting eliminated. No, I see. I don't think it is though. I think it is for that. But I think for the rest of us, there's other goals we're trying to achieve. Yes, and I think that's true. And so it's not realistic 
as a Sun Devil fan, I want to win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. The other stuff is your party, and you get to invite who you want. And the Sun Devils and the Utes and so forth, they're not going to just go overboard and spend untold, unlimited amounts of money to win. These other programs are, so they're going to. So they get a week or two to themselves. Okay, but that doesn't detract me from watching my what I'm interested in. Because I also think it's regionally and parochial, parochial too. And that's why I've been a Pac-10, 12 fan my whole adult life. And that's what excites me. Who wins the conference? And this other stuff here, I sort of separate. All right, yeah, I get it. You guys got, you're paying for what you get here and you get it. And the rest of us, especially on the West, we don't have that, man, this is just our ultimate. This, this determines our quality of life, literally, <laughs> as it is for some people over there. So I can live with that. You know, to me, I have it in perspective in that way. And I can still have fun with it. I mean, the Utes now, they're just spending millions to renovate the south end zone. And you tell me it has a lot of problems? Yeah, it because really I think seem that way. Stanford spent millions to renovate their stadium, and it looks like there's 12,000 people rattling around. And I think but that's people Stanford. worry about that. They've got other priorities. They, they, you, they've, when they had the – if they wouldn't have rented, renovated it, they would still have 12,000 people rattling around. They played in the conference championship game at home, and it didn't sell out. So what, what does that's just Stanford? That's okay. never going to change. Okay, but UCLA had fifteen thousand people rattling around. Because they suck. Looked like a bad San Diego State crowd. Because they suck. But they've but sucked. I've been other in times. the I've been in the Rose Bowl when they've had a hundred thousand people play when they were there when they were good. That's not news. If you suck, people aren't going to show up. Isn't that what they said on Field of Dreams? If you suck, they won't come. That was a different version. That was a knockoff version. Kevin Costner wasn't in that, and we'll talk about <laughs> that, that that's later. The B-side. That's the B side. Which I always thought Danny they DeVito should do is, that. Danny DeVito in the Kevin Costner role. Hey, if you suck, they won't come. It's funny. You're in the great blades of grass over there. Down at the Y the other day, I took Danny DeVito to the hole, by the way. Nice. I, mean, I saw him. I knew you and would. And I posted up on him. He was 5'5. Five, five. Oh, he is not. He's 5'2. I always thought that the movies, they should do that. Could you imagine if they made, hey, why we got you all together, we'll just film an alternate ending to The Godfather? It would live on forever. It already is. But then they would make even more money. So, yes, you're on to something. College football tomorrow. Wake up early, 10 a.m. before the Utes kick off Northwestern and Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. That's on Fox at 10 a.m. Uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State in the Big 12 title game at 10 a.m. on ABC. Clemson and Notre Dame at 2 o'clock. So, Utes will be, where will the Utes be? They'll almost be done. That'll be fourth yeah, quarter be of the Ute game by then, by the time yeah. that thing kicks off. Yep. Undefeated San Jose State facing Boise State in the Mountain West Conference title game. That's on Fox at 2.15. Bama and Florida in the SEC title game at 6 o'clock. Tulsa faces Cincinnati in the American uh, championship game, 6 o'clock on ABC. And, of course, the U, the uh, the Pac-12 championship, USC and Oregon. That game's tonight on Fox at 6 o'clock. You got SC in this one? Has Oregon's uh, defense been a little too porous? If Oregon State moved through these guys, the USC wide receivers are going to run wild, right? That's why I never understood all the talk about Oregon. They lost big-time NFL talent that opted out. This is no fault against Oregon. They opted out. SC trying to get to 6-0 tonight. They canceled 
The Sun Belt title game. Louisiana is not going to play Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina has a COVID outbreak. So, Hawaii needs a new stadium. They announced an Aloha Stadium. Uh, they're closing that thing down. It's been rusting, and they're just shutting the, they're, they're shutting the thing down. So what the team is going to do for a couple years, don't know. They're building a 35,000-seat stadium scheduled to open in 2023. They're supposed to be averaging 15,000. I think they'll just get a waiver, I guess, PK. I don't know what else to tell you. Well, nobody averaged 15,000 this year, so yeah. we're all going to waiver. Uh, I think they go to Carson and play in the soccer stadium. <laughs> Everybody else seems to. What about Vegas? New Mexico ought to be moving out, right? Hey, Sam Boyd. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That is what is trending this morning. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Lincoln Kennedy joins us next. Raider analyst the morning after the game. And we'll talk with him about the Pac-12 title game as well. Lincoln Kennedy coming up next. David Locke at 8 o'clock to talk jazz. Blake Anderson, the Aggies' new football coach at 9 o'clock. Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Tim McMahon of ESPN refuting some reports Rudy had dug in his heels on the Supermax deal. Apparently that is not the case. I've gone to the highest source about it. Well, not the highest. In prayer? <laughs> Talk to the highest sources and they slammed the door on my face. And they said, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> no, I, I have responsibly inquired and have not been told exactly what's going on there. Was that your really long way of saying that they didn't tell you anything a lot of build up there <laughs> no delivery can you imagine me having a pipeline to the man upstairs well you'd oh. have much better sports opinions if it was true <laughs> the big show weekdays from two to seven on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network dj and pk time now for our weekly visit with Lincoln Kennedy, Raider and Pac-12 Network Analyst. It's brought to you by America First Credit Union. Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network. And coverage of the Raiders all season long. Brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. Same great features and benefits now with a silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy holidays to you and your listeners. And hoping you guys are safe and well. We are uh, so far so good. I hope the same for you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So what has gone wrong? How have the Raiders (laughs) lost four out of five? Lincoln, I I work at Channel 2 with one of the biggest Raider fans ever. And all season he was telling me, don't worry, the back half of the schedule is soft. And it's turned out to be the worst stretch of football for them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, Where do you start? Um, Only the Raiders could lose their... Offensive and defensive coordinator in one week. Paul Gunther was obviously fired after the Colts game, but um, Greg Olson tested positive, so was out of last last night's game, along with Henry Ruggs for for COVID due to COVID concerns. Um, injuries are surmounting. The youth and inexperience is surmounting, uh, and now you know people are beginning to question if, if Gruden has enough to get them through the back half of a season in the sense where, it, you know, his play calling, his, uh, his, the way he's running the team, um, it just, it's, it's, just, it's just bad. I mean, it's just bad all around. There's, the defense can't stop anybody. The offense is, is now become, um, you know, somewhat um, inept, uh, especially when it comes to the running game. I mean, there were several things that broke down last night in the running game where the middle linebacker wasn't blocked. And I haven't had a chance to go over the film, but it was just blowing my mind how 
the the one guy that you normally account for in every defense is not blocked on run plays. So uh, I just, it's a it's a cavalcade of problems, uh, and, and and they're not going to get any easier uh, for the final two games. What you think of Mariota though? I thought he came in and did well under the circumstances. I did, I did. I think he he showed why he uh, he wanted a second chance, and deserves a second chance, and I'm not surprised at the way he the way he played because I often thought that Gruden was enamored with uh, the R- RPO and wanted a quarterback who was willing to use his legs, and Mariota did that. Uh, both him and Herbert, matter of fact, did that, uh, running similar styles of offenses on the other side of the field. So um, I wasn't surprised at Mariota. He, he looked like a person who was determined to prove that he still has value and worth in the National Football League. So two things about that. One, I can't believe. I don't play football. I do not put my fingers in the dirt. And I know on the zone read, the defensive end has got to stay home. You can't come crashing down the line of scrimmage. How are NFL guys still screwing that up? And two, it's awesome that you can run, but you got to throw in the NFL. And that touchdown pass to Waller was on the money. I couldn't have been more impressed. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the fact the Raiders got down on the five twice, uh, last night and weren't able to get touchdowns was disappointing and disheartening. But, you know, to answer the RPO question, defenses just don't typically prepare for it. You don't see a lot of it in National Football League unless you had a lot of time to prepare. Obviously, the Chargers weren't expecting Derek Carr to get an injury and, and have Mariota in the game. So they obviously hadn't trained for it but or, or expected it, even though they run it. I don't think their defensive guys like Rochelle uh, plays defensive end, and some of their backups were ready for it, how to truly defend it. So um, overall, it's just not it's not defended well because the teams just don't practice. And in this day with COVID, I mean, teams barely practice at all, let alone prepare for things like that. So when you evaluate the team as a whole, I've watched a lot of Raider football this season. Uh, you, obviously, you throw out the Atlanta game where they got stomped. You could probably go the Tampa Bay game, too. But most of the other games, at least from a, sta- a fan standpoint, which is all I am, you know, they've been fun. Watching this game mm-hmm. against the Chargers, that was fun. I don't really care who wins, but for me as a fan, it was fun. So my point for you is how far away do you think they are? Because even in a lot of their losses, they're close and competitive. You know, the Raiders, John Gruden and Mike Mayock have made a point to turn this roster over and make them younger, try to create depth in doing so. Um, that's all good and well. However, you do need veteran senior leadership out there to sometimes pull guys' heads out of their butts, fire them up, strike them up. I don't know who does it on this team. Unfortunately, and you know, under these circumstances, I haven't been able to be around them, so I can't watch body language and monitor who's really pulling guys through. Last night I saw Max Crosby giving the pregame rah-rah speech. Okay, that's good. He's a second-year player. I, I, you know, I don't know how many seventh or eighth-year players that are on that team are going to be really paying attention to him. I say that to say this: going forward, they're going to have to bring in an impact player, and it's going to have to be an impact player on defense. I think they've got their offense pretty much taken care of. An impact player, whether it's a safety, whether it's a linebacker, somebody like a Jamal Adams, somebody like a, uh, uh, I mean, no, I'm drawing a blank on other players that are, you know, impact players. But an impact player that can not only make plays but can be boisterous and rally these guys. I think these. I think this team. Uh, you know, coming into the season, I said I thought the Raiders were nine and seven, ten and sixteen. Well, ten and six is out of the question, so it has to be nine and seven at, at the best. That's a step in the right direction. They go from four wins to seven wins to possibly nine wins. They're knocking on the playoff door. I don't think really a lot of people expected the AFC to be as competitive 
as it has been this year. So typically, nine and seven could get you in the playoffs. However, um, even if the Raiders do get nine and seven, I, I'm not necessarily one of those guys who wants to see them go in the playoffs because let's face it, I don't think they can beat Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Kansas City or Tennessee or Indianapolis at their places if you're playing a wild card game. So, you know, uh, it, to me, it's just one of those things where you finish the season off as best you can, hopefully with a winning record. You're stepping in the right direction, but there's still a season away. Lincoln Kennedy joins us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. While the Raiders have lost four out of five, if you look around the league, there are other teams that are peaking right now. And yes, we look at the teams with the best records, but it's also very useful going in the playoffs to find out who the hot teams are. The Bills have won six out of seven. Washington has won four in a row. Who's impressing you? Maybe it's those teams. Maybe it's somebody else. Who's impressing you as a team that, regardless of their record, is peaking right now and will be dangerous in January? Well, there was a saying back in the day that if you win in November or December, you play in January. So Buffalo is obviously exciting to watch. I think Pittsburgh has been knocked down a little with their defense in the cars their last two losses. Uh, it's anyone's game in the NFC East, uh, whether it's Washington or the New York Giants um, coming out of there. But, you know, somebody's got to come and win the division. I do like Washington. However, with Alex Smith banged up, I don't know how far they're going to be able to go um, if they have to have Haskins back in and at quarterback. So um, it, it, it's just, it, it's fun to watch this time because you, you see people kind of separate themselves. Next Saturday, uh, the Raiders have to take on the Miami Dolphins. And Brian Flores and those and that crew has done surprisingly well with uh, with their picks and the way they, especially the way their defense is playing. Uh, more importantly, it looks like they, they continue to uh, proceed the way they are. They'll be in the playoffs, and they could probably disrupt somebody, uh, with, especially with that defense. So, um, you know, Kansas City's chugging along, and uh, that's just in the AFC. Uh, NFC is, is, is still not as competitive, but Green Bay is quietly going under the w- radar and making a name for themselves and, and, and trying to get themselves in the pl- top playoff spot. You keep hearing that the Chargers are looking to make a change at coach. You know, when I watch Herbert, I see they're uh, a developing team, too. You think that maybe they should stay with what they got and play it out a little bit more? It seems like sometimes teams are quick to make changes. I don't know about you guys, but over the last couple of years, it seems like the mismanagement skills of this coaching staff on the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, as much as respect as you have, them not really being able to manage a football game seem to be falling apart at the seams. I mean, last night in many ways was a comedy of errors, if you think about it. Kicker can't make a, a field goal. He hooks two to the left, which could have probably put the game away. Um, you know, they, several times where it looked like the special teams were, were going to let the team down like they, uh, they've done so many before. I'm of the mindset right now that the way I mean the way I looked at the Chargers game when most of their starters were on the sidelines they were playing there a lot of their backups I think they've kind of player wise kind of just said you know what let's just finish the season off it is what it is we're not going to playoffs uh, let's see what we can do and they've got divisional opponents uh, two two more divisional opponents uh, for the rest of their games I don't know if Anthony Lynn still has locker room overall. So based on the, 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 the bumbling, stumbling uh, things that they've done over the last couple of seasons, it might be necessary to make a change because you know you've got your franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Uh, now you've got to surround the pieces to make, try to make this team a winner. Their ownership doesn't have a lot of money, so that might be working in his favor. I don't know his contract situation and how much they'd have to pay him. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's true. But at the same point, 
now that you have a, a, a proverbial superstar in Herbert, when the world does resume and we try to get back to normal, say you're going to have to market the heck out of it. I don't think the fan base will support Lynn still in, uh, still coaching. We played a uh, a clip of Kirk Herbstreet talking about college football and the playoff. He says it's uh, one of the worst, if not one of the worst, postseasons. And he was joking. He was saying, "I could tell you." two or three of the playoff teams that are going to be there in 21, 22. He went as far out as 23, and he had the the usual, the three suspects of Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. And he's probably going to be right, uh, if not 50%, maybe 100%. It's talking about how the playoff system in college football is so bad, and we're debating on that. We love the sport. Uh, if you were in charge, say, and they created you as a commissioner, what would you do? Well, the first thing I would do, I would expand it. And I would expand it anywhere from the realm of six to eight teams. Uh, within that confines, I would say the conference champions get the first uh, the, the first bid uh, into the playoff system. And then when it comes to the independents, it's the best independent record that we get in that large bid. And then maybe one of the outside of the uh, one of the uh, plus one conferences outside, you know, the power five or power six, however you break it down. But I, I think that you need to expand it because I think I believe conference championships are worth something. I don't care what the records are. I don't care. You know, um, the level, the, the talent they're playing. Conference championships are worth something. I also believe that the Power Five or Power Six should be playing the Power Six. If you're Alabama, you don't get the benefit of playing, you know, a Citadel between LSU and Auburn. You don't do that. You have to stay within your conference, um, and you have to play, you know, Power Five conference or the Power Six conference, however you want to break it down. Uh, and then uh, everyone should have a chance to be a part of the round robin. You got USC or Oregon in the Pac-12 title game? Oh gosh, you you asking me to cheer for either one of those? <laughs> Thank I you. mean, I, you know, somebody was asking me last night about, you know, I was a, was I disappointed the dogs weren't in the Pac-12 championship? I said not at all. I said if you see them play, I said last thing I want to do is put them on national TV again like they were at Stanford and get smashed. So I mean, I I can't cheer for a duck or a trojan. So I, I really have no dog in the hunt. <laughs> All right, well, Lincoln, as always, we'll leave it right there. That was pretty funny. As always, we love having you on. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Be well. Talk All right. Time. There's Lincoln Kennedy, Raider analyst, Pac-12 network analyst, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, coming up at 8. Stay with us. He's about 20 minutes away. About 15. I can do the math. 15 minutes to David Locke. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes of Toast brought to you by Jerry Snyder Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Snyder Cadillac. Yach, congratulations. Good choice of Christmas music. Well done.
Thank you. PK, we'll have a little more time later in the show to uh, to get to this topic. But for the folks who are getting into work now, let's give them a few minutes right here before we bring David Locke on. Question of the morning. A Supermax deal to Rudy Gobert would take up to 35% of the Jazz salary structure. What should the Jazz do? This generated a lot of reaction yeah. uh, on our Facebook page. And the uh, less sniping than normal. I won't say there was no sniping, but less. And some interesting takes, uh, and people are definitely not on the same page. Which may be why the negotiations are still going on. Uh, Tyson says, they should do it. He's worth every penny. You know, I think Rudy Gobert is very good, and I think he's worth a lot of pennies. I don't think he's worth every penny. A lot of pennies, yes. Every penny? That's the Supermax deal. I wouldn't give him the Supermax deal, PK, would you? Ooh. You know, it's so easy to say yes or no because I suffer zero consequences. <laughs> right? Totally agree. Just raise my hand. <laughs> so all I'm going to do is second guess. That was a great move. That was a horrible move. <laughs> so... You know, I'm trying to, as best as I can, which is virtually impossible, to put myself in the position of Ryan Smith, Justin Zanuck, Dennis Lindsay, Quinn Snyder. You know, we know the guys. And so my thought is initially, well, man, he is really good and he's very valuable. He helps you win basketball games, and that's the most important thing. So in the moment, yes, do it. But what does that mean? Because then it's not just about whether he's worth it. Because how does it fit in? How do you build a team? You know, if you pay him that and that really limits you and your ability to get other guys, Mm -hmm. well, you have a good team. Yeah, but the goal, and that's what you want the goal to be, is to win a title. That's the If you have an organization and that's not their goal – then it would suck to be a fan, recognizing that some teams are much closer to that goal in the process than others. I understand that. But if the ultimate goal isn't that, then uh, then you have a problem as a fan because that's what you want. And what makes you get to that ultimate goal? Is it best to have other players uh, to fill out the roster that are really good because you know you look at the Rockets here with James Harden and they got close but they didn't get there so you know how much do you want to pay him going forward and if you have the best player or one or two of the best players in the league you've got an excellent chance wherever LeBron has gone he's made them a winner some teams were obvious with uh, it turns out the Lakers were somewhat obvious with Anthony Davis and obviously the Heat, but he's taken other teams that didn't have near the talent to NBA Finals, and because he's LeBron and he's just that good. So if you don't have him, it's real difficult. But suppose you have like with the Rockets back to suppose you have five James Harden or you have four James Harden caliber players, uh, can you do it then? You know, because what is your superstar or your superstars? How good are they? Yours, my superstars may be better than yours. My one may be better than your two. And so all that stuff, yeah, it's very easy for me to say yes right now. And that's probably what I'm saying. But, man, it is. I get nervous even saying yes. <laughs> and I'm not outlaying one cent. Well, there is a, uh, uh, and there's so many replies, we can't get to them all in this segment, not even close. But Robbie says, several articles just came out saying Rudy didn't ask for the Supermax. 
And the rumors of Supermax were not true. Uh, Robbie, we have seen those articles. And I think what you said in the middle of there is something that Rudy knows and Rudy's agent knows. Uh, I think it's most important with Rudy. Ideally, an agent knows what the client wants. And I get sometimes agents drive the bus and the clients just go along. That's true in sports. That's true in other fields. Television. Um, But ideally, you find out what the client wants. What is the client's goal? What's going to make them happy? And then you work towards that. Rudy has said multiple times he wants a championship. And I think if they give him the Supermax money, it's going to be hard to build the roster. You you're still going to need more three-point shooting, more offensive firepower, and it's going to be hard to afford it. It's unlikely that you're going to get it. And I think Rudy knows that. And so I think these stories have come out. I think they're true. I think he knows it. So I think it comes down to, well, not, the, not 100% of that Supermax money, but then the question is, well, should you take 85% of it, 90% of it, 95% of it? And I, I think that's where it is. And I told you last week, I'd been asking around about it, and one person said, relax, it's a negotiation. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm relaxing. Now, you know, I, I don't think they have to have a deal at the start of the season. I know there's rules about when you can do the Supermax, but if they're not doing the Supermax, then the negotiations can go on, I think, into the year. Uh, but it, if you get too close to the trade deadline, which now I think is in early March because it's going to be an unusual year, uh, I would really start to get nervous. But then you have to worry about personal feelings. And yes. it's obviously Hayward held it against them mm-hmm. and was looking to bolt. And mm-hmm. so I don't know what Gobert is going to be thinking in that way. You know, I don't know if he's a pouty guy. I mean, they, they basically they called him out over in the bubble about whining to the refs and, and complaining to the team and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And we know Mitchell had issues. Those are facts. And I don't think we need to duck from those. Those We're yeah. dealing with human beings here. And if everybody thinks everybody in the jazz gets along to the best of their abilities and they're all the greatest ever, we're kidding ourselves. I know <laughs> we like to reject that because that's what we want. But that's not realistic. So there's going to be issues. But to the level of the issues, I'm not sure. And how do they deal with all that stuff? All right, we'll get back to this later in the show. Actually, we'll touch on it here with David Locke next. He's going to join us. The three-point shooting uh, is going to carry that. He's been he's been banging this drum for a long time, and it's one thing to do it in theory. It's another thing to have the players who might actually be able to pull it off. We'll talk with him about that next. Stay with us.